also to your pastor, Reverend Shen, Dr. Saw, and, the, and all you dear people here for giving me this privilege and opportunity to preach and share about our deliberate ministry from this pulpit. Now, first, let me bring greetings to you. Oh, can I have the PowerPoint on, please? Okay. Let me bring greetings to you from our deliberate ministry and also my sending church, that is Gurija Methodist Subangjaya, where I've been serving for the past um, 20 years until my retirement in 2017. Um, and after my retirement, uh, the church actually supported and they commissioned me to serve in our deliberate ministry as the missionary beginning 2nd of January 2018. The moment I retire at the end of 2017, January, I already start my ministry over in our deliberate ministry. Okay, so this morning, um, I just wish to give you all some our deliberate ministries highlight. As I know that Trinity Ministries Penang is quite familiar with ODB ministry. Okay, first, mm -hmm. uh, our latest offer that is Give Us This Day for Kids. Next year, we will be concentrating on developing more children's materials, and this series has been designed um, to provide our children and members actually with the opportunity to regularly receive, reflect, and also to respond to the living Word of God through the guidance of the parents. So parents, don't just push all these responsibilities to the Sunday school teachers or parents, you have this responsibility. And we pray that these materials will be used to transform their lives. So do sign up for your kids' personal copy. I encourage you to sign for them, a personal copy for your kids. Um, or your church can also sign up for bulk orders uh, in the link that's shown in the PowerPoint slide. But I will encourage parents to sign individually for your children because when you sign for your children, the book will be sent to your kid under their own name. So, you know children, the moment you receive something, a mail from the, in the mailbox with the name in it, wow, they feel good about it, isn't it? So, do sign up for them individually. And then secondly, you also thank God that on the 17th of August, um, we managed to launch our first Bahasa Malaysia Bible Atlas, the Atlas Al-Kitab at, in Seminary Theology Sabah. Um, this is the first Bahasa Malaysia Bible Atlas that's ever created. And we are so thrilled, I would say, to be able to contribute to the Christian BN-speaking community. So if you wish to get a copy um, for yourself or also to give it as a gift to another person, you can place your order at this website that's available at a PowerPoint, okay? Um, so I wish now to uh, find out, uh, if you wish to find out more about our daily bread ministry, uh, do see me after service at the book table and the materials that are on display are all for text. Uh, so please take whatever you wish to have, and there's no price tag to the materials, 
okay? There's no price tag to the materials, but donation is much appreciated because our daily bread ministry is a faith ministry. And every donation that's received is used to print more materials and to bless others along the way. So do keep our daily bread ministries in your prayers and we truly appreciate your partnership with us through your prayers and also your financial giving which will enable us to reach out and to bless our Malaysian churches with more materials. Especially we are looking into developing more Bahasa, um, Bahasa materials to bless our community because whether we like it or not, our country uh, students now are more uh, fluent in Bahasa Malaysia. Uh, so not forgetting our Orang Asal and Orang athletes who may also need these materials. Then apart from this, I also have a prayer book with me. Now, this prayer, kid, Kids Prayer Adventure uh, is not by ODB, it's by OM Malaysia. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with OM, um, I believe by now, you would have been so aware of uh, the book ship that was birthed at Swettenham Pier recently, that is the Dulos Hope. You have visited Dulos Hope, isn't it? So you'll be very familiar with it. So as you pray for the different communities, I would say across the world, uh, this picture filled um, prayer book informs you of their needs so that you can pray with understanding regarding their needs, okay? Uh, but do not be deceived by this title, okay? Uh, it's also for adults. It's very colourful, a lot of prints and everything, you can see that. And this prayer book is at 20 ringgit per copy, but you can get, if you get five copies, it will be only at 60 ringgit. So, it will be on sales later. You, why not you consider for even Christmas presents for your children or even for adults to use? Something for you to think about. Okay, that's all I need to share about ODB and also a little bit about OM. <coughs> so now let's go to God with a word of prayer. Father, as we come before your presence this morning, in our worship just right now, Father God, quite in our hearts, as we sit before your presence, as your Holy Spirit ministers and speaks to every one of us, in our own special way, Father God, all those we've ministered to, for your words that goes forth will never return to you void. So we come this time to hands and let's ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was teaching his disciples an ethics, an ethics to follow until his kingdom was established on earth. In the Old Testament, the prophets actually looked forward to a political kingdom in which the Messiah would rule over the earth. So with this understanding and the background of it, what Matthew wrote in the Sermon of the Mount becomes easier to interpret. As recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus appeared to the Jewish people and announced that he would establish his kingdom. 
And the Sermon on the Mount, on the other hand, was the code of ethics. And it details how Jesus' disciples were to live from the time he gave it until he will return to establish his earthly kingdom. Now, the Sermon on the Mount is addressed to all Jesus' followers. It is a behavior that um, he anticipates, that Jesus anticipates from all of us, goals for us on earth. And they are not unattainable goals that disappoint us. You see, Jesus did not set up impossible ideals. In fact, Jesus establishes goals, markers along the way. You see, the problem with ideals is that it causes us to give up. While a goal is different, we can work towards it even right now. And our actions and attitudes are affected in the process. Now, Jesus actually was setting goals in the Beatitudes, and the whole Sermon on the Mount are not impossible goals. Jesus wants us to strive towards these goals to master a new kind of life as we surrender and allow the indwelling Holy Spirit to empower, to guide, and to lead all of us. Now, before I go further, I believe many of you who have gone through hmm, this one, our Methodist Church Membership Manual. Have you all gone through it? <laughs> Revelation thought his head, yeah. Um, okay, part three is regarding our ethics. And you see in chapter 16, it touches on the topic, the Sermon on the Mount, from pages 113 to 122. I give you the pages, it's okay, uh, from these few pages, uh, which will give you a clear understanding. So for those who have yet to read or go through this membership manual, please do so. You need guidance, see your pastor, okay, or see your church leaders for that. So first this morning, we will just briefly look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. There's the two aspects, um, mm -hmm. okay, that we Christians can be of an influence to the society and the community and the community that we are in by being the salt and being the light. So first, being the salt. You see, Matthew chapter five, verse thirteen says, "You are the salt of the earth." But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You see, God has commanded Israel to be the salt of the world in this uh, chapter. And yet, Israel was acting just like everyone else engaging in power politics, factional disputes, and aggressive upheavals. So how could God keep the world from going bad? His Israel, as God's chosen salt, has lost 
its distinctive taste. You see, we are all to be like salt as followers of Jesus. We are to impact the, and influence the world around us. Our attitude, our speech, our mannerisms, and even our behavior should mirror the likeness of Jesus. That's why in the Beatitudes, he will read through all of them. That's how these are the goals that Jesus has set for us. So to grow in Jesus, we are to develop a desire to know and to follow Jesus intimately as we draw godly wisdom and knowledge from His words in Scriptures. So do spend quality time daily with God. And as um, the liturgist said, be intentional. You see, in his prayers, he used a lot, he used the words intentional a few times, okay? I heard that loud and clear. So let us all be intentional in our devotion and prayers and set time aside. And this is the, a great investment that we can learn to cultivate daily that has eternal value. You see, there are many devotional resources you can find in the market that's available for all of us. So whether it is in print or in digital form, and ODB devotional materials can be one of the materials that you can consider. Okay? Um, it's like, uh, I would say, our quarterly devotional. Now, this is the large print for people like my age, okay? For the younger ones, get the normal print. <laughs> So, this is a large print, and yet we also have digital format. You can go to the handphone, download it, and then you can listen to it every morning. It's audio, or you can read it too. And then also, there's also, I want to recommend to you all to sign up and subscribe for this Journey Through series. I just heard the doctor say your group just going to finish Hebrews, isn't it? Okay. This is something that is good for you for the deeper understanding of the word in your daily devotion. It's book by book from the Bible. Um, next issue coming out will be First and Second Thessalonians. You subscribe to it, they'll be sent to you to your home. Okay? Or you can subscribe it to the digital platform. All this also. But I prefer print copy because here you can write down your thoughts, okay? And they can share with one another what you have gained from the word of God on that day. It's verse by verse from the Bible. So people, <coughs> we are all curious. I want to find out more as to why, uh, especially why this particular Christian is so different, isn't it? And they will people will perceive us as a distinctive individual with beautiful characteristics in a variety of areas in your Christ-likeness, in been, maybe in been, you've been helpful, been kind, polite, and, even, and so on and so forth. Especially if the people that are looking at you are non-believers. Um, especially, you know, those of us who are serving in the Boys and Girls Brigade Ministry of a lot of non-believers in our midst, they're looking at us. Every action of ours speaks, our body language speaks a lot. So, these people will be drawn to learn more about our Christian faith in Jesus Christ if they see there's something so different in this group of people, in these Christians. 
So now it's also likely that the word salt refers to the role that Jesus expects us Christians to exhibit in preserving society from its ills. The essential characteristics, you know, of salt is that it must retain its natural characteristics. It is, if it fails to remain or to be salty, it has lost its purpose for existence and should be discarded as written in um, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 that we've read earlier. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So let this be a warning to all of us. And then this brings us to the next point, the second point, that's being the light. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, this is what the Word of God says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on, on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It is similar to this. God designated Israel as the world's light through whom he wanted to shine his brilliant light, allowing those who, are, who were lost in the dark to find the right path. But what if Israel, who was designated as the light bearers, had joined the darkness instead? And that was Jesus' warning and challenge. You say the hilltop of the city of Jerusalem was meant to serve as a symbol of hope for the entire world. And that's how Jesus wanted his followers to be, even today for all of us. The people then would demonstrate to the surrounding nations that the one God, the Creator, the God of Israel, was God, and that they should worship him by sincerely and obediently obeying his rules. Let's say light is intended to illuminate and provide guidance. So as Jesus' followers, we are to radiate and guide people towards the right road. Now, our impact would be noticeable. A light on a stand or a city on a hill so it, would be it would be pointless to hide a lamp under a bowl, isn't it? Who would put a lamp, uh, uh, bowl to hide a lamp, isn't it? We must let our light shine. So, you see, light radiating people live so that others can see that they are good deeds and they're able to give praise, not for them, but to God, our Heavenly Father. Remember, all glory is to God Almighty. And then in verse 16, this is why it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is 
in heaven. So when we stand in God's righteousness by faith, as we develop an intimate spiritual relationship with Him, we will begin to live a life that is pleasing to Him. See, Jesus did not intend <coughs> for the law <coughs> and the prophets to be disregarded. Instead, Jesus was going to fulfill every mandate, every promise made to Israel and everything else to make God's covenant a reality inside themselves, changing behaviours not only via instructions but also through a change of heart and a change of mind. You see, in his own person, Jesus made it all a reality. He was the earth's salt. He was the light of the world, crucified on the hill for all to see. And through his resurrection, Jesus became a beacon of hope and a new life for everyone, drawing people to worship God, his Heavenly Father, symbolizing the method of self-giving love that is, that, is, that, that is the deepest fulfillment of the law and of the prophets. And Jesus made it so plain that he expected his followers, all of us here today, to do more than simply observing the laws. And this is Jesus' instructions to us in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. He says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's not easy. But Jesus has asked us to do it, and He will enable us. And it needs a lot of humility on our side. So we come into a unique relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, by putting our trust in Jesus Christ. We shall start to think of everyone in God's kingdom as family. We are one big family, living as Jesus faithful disciples, we will discover that we are not only doing good, but also becoming good, isn't that? We'll become good. As we grow more and more Christ-like, we shall be transformed um, from the inside by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thus, from this morning's faith lessons, we have briefly looked at two aspects that as Christians we can be an influence on the society and the community that we are in by being the salt and being the light. You see, the Sermon on the Mount, it finishes with a very stern warning about the critical importance of paying attention to what Jesus is saying. So let me read to you Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses uh, 12 to 27. 
about this critical warning that Jesus is giving to us. It's of importance that we need to remember and act on it. So, <clears throat> this is what Scripture says. So, in everything, do to others what you have them do to you. For this sums up the laws and the prophets. And then in verses 13 to 14, it talks about the narrow and the wide gates. You all know about that. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few finds it. And then in verses 12 to 20, it cautions us about true and false prophets, especially in these end days, so we need to be mindful of that. And this is what Scripture says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are, they are ferocious wolves. By the fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by the fruit, you will recognize them. And then from verses 21 to 23, it warns us too about true and false disciples. In verse 21, this is what the Word of God says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. And finally, in verse, from verses 24 to 27, it shows us the difference about the wise and the foolish builders. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into, action, into practice, it's like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, may these few verses from Matthew chapter 7 here, from verses 12 to 27, be a gentle reminder to all of us. May you continue to read these few verses and also to ponder it through and to discuss these questions in your small groups so that through there you will know 
how to lift out the Sermon on the Mount, so that together we'll bring glory unto God Almighty. Let's go to God with a prayer. Father, we thank you once again for this beautiful Lord's Day as you brought us together in worship and in celebration. We thank you for ministering to us your words that has gone forth will never return to you, will never return to you void. And pray your words that we have heard will be deeply rooted in us, that we will lift it out in our lives and bring glory unto your holy name. Giving thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>